Travis Danley. Steve Childers, good evening. How's it going, bud? Doing well, sitting on the front porch here in downtown Conway. Looking forward to talking a little uh, coastal athletics and a little coastal football leading into this season. I'm going to tell you what, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm, this is just a test show, but I do want to tell you that when we were talking about, you know, the stuff we were going to put together for this, you sent me the two YouTube videos, and I went back and relived, like, all the little memories that I had leading up to that first game. And you're going to laugh when I tell you this, but you know what stood out in my mind leading up to that game? What was that? Was watching Rich Crampanis. And it was a Sunday David Bennett show. And I remember because I had a favorite Chinese place I went to when I was living in Polly's Island. So every Sunday, I would watch the David Bennett show and eat Chinese food and relive coastal football from the previous Saturday. That's interesting because <laughs> it, it's interesting how little things remind remind us. And that was something that in preparation for the show, you know, and looking back, you know, through our notes that we've shared together and um, how this kind of came together after our conversation at uh, – the Boots and Bronze event for alumni event. So uh, for those that will be listening in the future and uh, for those that will be maybe listening to this podcast one day, uh, you know, it's interesting how things come out of unique situations and opportunities. And, and uh, but it's interesting. I was looking back at some of those videos and I remember as a high school kid and um, humbled by the opportunities I had to go play whether it be college baseball or college football. And, you know, in all fairness, college baseball, Coastal was big to me. Um, mm -hmm. Could have been a preferred walk-on. That's how, again, the, the program was that good back in the early 2000s. And um, but as far as college football, you know, definitely had opportunities with Coastal and uh, a number of Southern Conference teams, Big South teams, uh, and a few others. And something drew me here uh, beyond just – the involvement with, you know, with my father and my brother and um, my grandmother's side of the family with some ties to some of the original folks who started Coastal. And um, it's interesting. You look back at those those YouTube videos, and, man, it all comes rushing back, man. You can smell the locker room. You can smell the asphalt from that first year on uh, when we were doing wind sprints and parking lots to – and I'll think you said that part. I was I, one of the things I wanted to ask you <clears throat> was to, if you could, and you're kind of already doing this. So I'll just go ahead and let you run with it. Is to kind of paint a picture for people like me because it was my friend Jude and my brother John and me. We're tailgating, right? And our biggest topic was if we had had football when we were at Coastal, we might not have graduated. <laughs> um, but what's funny about it is, in, in my thinking back on it, was for any college football game as a player, let alone the first one in program history. So what's leading me to my first question is, is can you kind of paint a picture for people like us who were in the stands and tailgating beforehand? Like maybe like the, the weekly. I've seen the Methodist scrimmage. You sent me that one, and I've seen it before, too. 
So I kind of knew what the struggle was going into the first game about how the performance is going to look, all that kind of stuff. But my question is kind of like, if you could paint a picture of, you know, the days and hours leading up to when y'all hit the kickoff. That's where I'm kind of going. Like, you know, what's what's going on in that week? So I'll take you back almost uh, before I can get to that week. If I can go back, I say just a in the past, about two years in the past, and I will dovetail it pretty quickly. But first week, you can't get to that first week, Steve, without going back two years earlier when 125-plus kids showed up to camp, three to a locker room. The locker room was the all-sports locker room that was in the building next to the softball stadium. And we didn't have cloth. Uh, we were short on certain pads. Um, people had to come out there in the high school cleats because we didn't have enough cleats for everybody. And um, that was back when you could do three a days. And Coach Bennett's strategy was he's going to find out who really wanted it, who was going to gut it out that first year. Didn't matter if you were. 15 or 16 scholarship players, which I was humbled by and, and admiration for being a part of that first. Understood my role coming in. I was going to be a possession receiver, special team. You know, that was it. You know, that was – and I, I realized that pretty quickly and, you know, understood my role. And I think through that first year, that's where a lot of guys – they had to break that mold of who they were in high school versus what they were going to become. There was no ceiling put on anybody, but Coach Bill, their goal that first year was to to really break everybody down to find out how bad did you want to be a part of this program. And I think to get to that first week, you got to go back to that, that two years earlier where imagine going in through an entire camp, two- to three-week camp, of two and three days, lifting, conditioning, all that, knowing that you were not going to play a single game for not 365 days, but damn near 400 days because you started out mm-hmm. that summer. And so you go through that realizing, man, I'm going to find out about a lot myself as a human being, as a, as a young man, as a football player, how much do I really love the passion of the game? And I think that when you get – you fast forward to that first week and you, and, you, and you see the guys that are on that plaque when you come into the stadium and you see the classes that graduated in 2004, five, and six, because you got to remember we had some transfers that came in after that first year, you have to realize that – those that are going to listen to this and, and hopefully become part of this this really cool experience that you and I are developing is that bronze plaque out there that has all the coaches and all those players, they went through a lot of hell for over a year. No ball games, sometimes not enough equipment, three or room, practice on the high school fields, practicing on rec fields, practicing in parking lots, uh, you know, having a lift at 4.35, 5.30 in the morning, you had to make way for – in the season, you found out a lot about yourself, having to put 140 guys in the old PE gym there 
in Williams Bryce uh, doing doing winter workouts and trash cans being in every corner, and the coaches weren't leaving until somebody gave it up. They used to say, "Coach, uh, coach, you say we're not leaving here until somebody gives it up." And what he meant was until you gave up breakfast or dinner the night before. We were going to find <laughs> out who was strong and who was weak. But coach you know, James, I, and I was just thinking when you said that, I just I kind of smiled because I had a thought. Because I finished at Coastal in 95. And one of our big things was, like, when you're sitting in the – I remember I'm older than you. So my student center looked a lot different from yours. Um, <laughs> but I remember sitting in that student center eating a chicken sandwich and talking to all my friends who I'm still pretty close to now. And we're talking about, well, you know, so-and-so's playing so-and-so this weekend. And I'd, I'd always be appalled and go, well – And I'm hearing what you're – Saying and what you're going through to get to get to that first week that I asked about, and I've, I've got to kind of sit here and smile. I know you kind of, yeah, I know you're smiling about it because you went through it, and the product that we have now is because of sacrifices that you guys did that first year. So you got to be happy in that regard that you know this is where we are now, what we're doing, and you know a lot of it's on the backs of you guys and that first few teams that we have. You know, I, I and I. Reflecting back on it, it's 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 that first year where we, I mean, guys that 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 never made that never made a start, that never made a catch, never made a tackle, um, that were the walk-ons, right? And right on to the guys that um, that graduated. To it's it's interesting, but you can't forget too. There was a club, there was a club football team before us too that we drew some some strength, some, some, some spiritual strength to say, Hey, we've had football on this campus before. There was a bit of a winning program then. Um, and there are a number of guys from this area that were part of that club team. So, but to fast forward from there through then the fall practices, the spring practice, the next summer, then the scrimmage at Methodist where we realized, God, man, we have, we have, we have a lot of talent. But man, we we were we were so green, we just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys, you know, I remember Andres Perkins talking about his challenges at West Florence and his two years where he and Brad Poston and others that played in that program. And I'm saying some names that coastal fans probably remember, and if they don't, they should look it up because you know they're two pillars that built this program too, part of those first two classes. They came from a program that didn't win for almost two years. And when you get that type of, of character where you get four-year stars in high schools, and two, there's something, the thing about this now, they're junior, senior, leading up to college. They had never – they did not win a single ball game for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you get guys like that. You get guys like Tyler Thigpen, who didn't even play quarterback, if I remember correctly, like his senior year. You mm-hmm. get uh, – you know, he, he was tied in like wingback at, in Winsboro at, mm-hmm. uh, at high school. Then you get guys like – T. Talley, who scores and winning touchdown. That's something I'll touch on later. You get DeWitt Myers from Charleston and Quentin Till from Marlboro County. And then you get Troy Biddy, who came from the Florence area. You get, you know, guys that transferred in from outside the program, like Nick Johnson and, and others who brought some of that power five, as we call it now, experience. Um, it's, a, it's, it is, it's, it's an incredible story that – when you were back in 95 and you looked up, the only thing I could think of, something that popped in my head, Steve, was you're sitting there in 95 wondering who's playing this fall, not us. 
I remember my freshman year after the Charleston Southern game, not to fast forward too much, we were six and five. And we had just beat Charleston Southern to be six and five. Nobody expected us to have a winning record. And I remember I remember that was a afternoon game that night at Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia. South Carolina was, I think, playing Clemson. And my godparents, who had tickets there, on the second row, the 20-yard line, after the game, they, you know, they call my, my dad and say, it was kind of cool to see the final score of the Coastal Carolina-Charleston Southern game on the ticker up in that stadium. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And, I didn't know that story. That's cool. Yep. And, again, it doesn't need validation because it was in that stadium. It just needed to – it was that first presence where that game was reported. I had friends who saw it. I had family who saw it. And that was one of those moments where it hit home a little bit that as a child going to those games or Clemson games, you would see the other scores from around the country. So to, to kind of swing it back your way, the question, you know, that I had was, you know, I'll answer the, the question that first week, but I, I'm going to pose the question now for you, Steve, to think about real quick, mm-hmm. is what was it like to wait from when you graduated to your first week in, in, in 2003? Because people got to remember, we started programming in 02, but we didn't play till 03. I'm interested to see, and that was one of my questions I had for you was, while I was preparing for Newberry College that first week, y'all were preparing for Newberry College as well, but as fans. So um, that's what's intrigued me because, you know, you get wrapped up in the season and, and you see the fans in the stands. But now that obviously uh, as an alumnus we go to the games, but it's, it's interesting you think about what, what were the fans doing those first, that, those first weeks and that first year and, this first two or three, four years. So, um, to answer your question, that first week, you know, you get a little lost for words looking back on it because I watched that YouTube video of Methodist game and, and we, we had a lot of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had a long way to go in a short time to get there, as the song says. And I remember Coach Bennett. He told us Newberry had some dozen guys who transferred in from Tennessee and South Carolina. They they were coming in from all corners of the SEC and ACC to find a place to to find home. And I mean, I remember, you know, he made them seem like they were twelve foot tall and about two hundred fifty pounds and ran four flat forties. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that first week, I remember we're practicing at the Fowler Farm which is, for those that don't realize, the Fowler Farm is the practice facility or practice area next to the stadium. And it was the Thursday practice where we went to the stadium, Steve. Mm-hmm. That was when it hit me as a player. Man, this is real. Like, we're, we're playing college football, Division One FCS football in the same place that I had just played high school football two years earlier when I was a Carolina Forest Panther playing against Conway High School. And it was just surreal, man. 
that yeah. I had so many memories from the graveyard and I was going to create so many memories that year, that night, that week versus Newberry College. So for us, seeing the locker room for the first time, seeing your magnet with your name on it and the chair there with the logo on it, having your own locker. And I was right next to Tyler Thigpen. And we talk about something that he and I developed over the next four years, what we did, the pregame ritual. But um, it was emotional. It was emotional. Um, you know, you looked up in the stands when you come out onto the field. And you know people there in the stands, but everybody's a blur, man. Mm-hmm. Because it's game time. But at the same time, it was um, – I can close my eyes right now and I can still see the berm for those that didn't know coastal had a berm. That's right. In the North end zone. Matter of fact, I've got a picture of when we played SC state in my house and it was the largest crowd at that time. I think it was like the first crowd ever over 10,000 fans. Mm-hmm. And it, it's got a picture of the berm and I'm sure you remember that, but, um, yep. And, so, in a nutshell, man, it was um, it was emotional, but it was also a time for business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, looking back on it now, how far we've come as a program, how far we've come as a university, how far we've come as a community, a fan base, um, that uh, we're, we're excited enough to talk about coastal football and coastal athletics through a podcast. So I think that's pretty cool. And you, um, I heard you allude to the question you wanted to ask me about, you know, my time leading up to that first game, and I'll just go ahead and tell you that. That's, um, what, that's what I'm excited about hearing. <laughs> well, I didn't know how to be a football fan. I mean, I, I got my favorite NFL team that I would go see, you know, every so often, you know, or whatever, or maybe go to a, the occasional big-time college game where you don't really have a dog in the fight. And I'll be I admitted. I am. And I got into the University of South Carolina, and this may not be something you want to put on a, on a Coastal podcast, but Coastal was not my first choice. I wanted to go to South Carolina, and I wanted to be, you know, go into law and be a lawyer, and I ended up going to Coastal, and I'm now I'm the principal, so you tell me. But um, I ended up going to Coastal, and, you know, here I am now, but I can tell you, when we had those discussions about, you know, what would it be like for our school to have one, and you fast forward from 95 until that first game, there was power. We knew of it happened so often where it would be like, you know, uh, hey, are we talking about having a, a team at Coastal? Is that, that, that would come up every once in a while like there's a rumor. You know, somebody would say, hey, they're and they would tease you every couple of years with that talk. And you were probably still in high school, maybe even middle school, when that talk would go down, but I know you were on the end because you, know, you were telling the universe before that ever happened. Um, but I can remember the talk, and then we finally get to game day, and there was only one disappointment I had with game day, and it was raining. And I remember thinking, this better not be an omen that I'm about to have a team that I pull for, that I'm all in, I bleed teal, I'm ready to go to the first ball game, and then we have a mist of rain after we have heard Coach Bennett in the media all week talk about Newberry's got the uh, who was the quarterback guy transferred from Marlboro County to the coach? Um, Newton, is that right? No, Newton came later to South Carolina. I know who you're talking about, though. He, uh, yeah. yep, 
Uh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look back. But, yeah, he transferred in, and they had some safeties transferring from Tennessee and another kid mm-hmm. transferring from South Carolina. And a wide receiver transferred in from Zimmerman. I think it was Zimmerman who transferred in <laughs> to uh, to Newberry to play there as a receiver. And uh, they were supposed to be all world, Coach Bennett said, all world. He, and, and in the media, I can remember he would play, and that's that's part of who Coach Bennett was. He'd play that stuff up. I know that now, looking back, that's what his style was. And I remember thinking, you know, I know that we, it was it's FCS now, but I know that we're in the division that's a little bit higher classification wise, so to speak, than Newberry. So on paper, we should win this game. Our tailgate talk between the members of my tailgating crew, the association, and myself. Our talk was: Are we are we going to win? <laughs> Do we have a chance to beat this crew? And then I remember seeing after the game, after we won, and I'll get into my impressions of the game here in a second. But I remember they played Coach Bennett's speech to you guys, and I know you know I'm talking about where he said, "I ain't been telling y'all this, but we got some Division One guys in this room." Kind of thing, you know. Yep. I feel yep. like if if I had seen the speech for <laughs> me sitting down in the stands, I would have been ready to go out there and put on a uniform and play to get new bears. Because I'm like, okay, maybe we are that good. And I remember like, game. I was at every home game. There were some teams we just crumbled that year because we were just better than them. And you know, and to credit to you guys, you were prepared. It looked like and. It, yeah, again, if I had seen the Newberry scrimmage this season leading into the going into the Newberry game, I'd have been like, God, we're going to get killed 70 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, we did a great job getting it together. So I get to sit down in the stand in my weight seat, my brother sitting beside me. Um, if I'm tell what he would say. The rain didn't let him down. This one guy that sat next to us, who was as bad as into the coastal as you could possibly be, he um, he kept screaming, and I was fired up. We're all fired up. My brother likes to kind of watch the game, kind of cool. I get calculate what's going to happen and kind of comment on it from there. But this guy gave my brother a hard time. He called him super cool. You're not going to get up and cheer for coastal that kind of thing. Everybody around you cheering. Why aren't you cheering? Kind of thing. And so the Muslim game, we see that guy, and he spots my brother. And says, hey, they're super cool. You. I remember that in July, leading up to that game. And the the other thing I'm thinking about when it comes to the first game was y'all's first entrance onto the field. And my thought was, well, there they are. You know, because you know, I haven't had a chance to see us play yet. And like you said. In those those months leading up to you know, all the practices you'd had, the preparation, the weightlifting, all that kind of stuff, we weren't doing that, but we were hyping in our own heads like we're finally going to get to see a football team wearing teal and bronze on the field, representing me and my family and who we are. And you know, here we go. I mean, it's just we we had cold cuts at our tailgate. Our tailgate spot was between Kearns Hall and the library. We still, you know, hang out there. Um, but I, I still have photographs. I look back on sometimes, thinking like we went from there, you know, being able to point to the team on the field and go, 
that's us. That's who I am. That's a part of me. You guys are out there doing the, the work as far as the football part goes, but we're here and we're finally getting to see a product that a lot of us have wanted for a long time. And I was thinking back to the club team. I actually made a note to mention that too. Um, I cannot remember the guy's name. I need help with this one. It was the guy who was one of the coaches of that club team came in and spoke to you guys in the days before that first game. Andy something from soccer season. Coach Duggan. Okay, thank you. I remember what he said about and he had tears in his eyes. I remember the speech that he was speaking to you guys about like, you know, what it was to be a member of this team and how the club team was with you. And I remember he started talking and Coach Bennett was kind of standing behind him. Maybe he had his hand on his shoulder and he was talking about just the name. And all they ever did was have a club team, but you guys are now playing big time football on it, representing our community and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of saying what I feel right now is that, you know, Coastal's got a team now. And it kind of felt like a piece of the puzzle as far as Coastal Athletics was finally complete by having football. Because it just made sense to me at that time for Coastal to have football. Everyone else, bigger schools, smaller schools, all of them had it but us. So now that piece of the puzzle finally fit, and we were part of that fabric, you know. So now I can talk about my team on some about how my college team did, and I can have a rivalry with CSU or Furman or Citadel or somebody like that. And you know what I'm saying? I had a chance. I had a, I had a dog in the fight. Now I had a seat at the table, and you guys gave people like me that. Well, look, you know, I, I, that's something I tell folks. We couldn't get there without leadership of the university and alumni who wanted it. And, you know, um, you know that, that kind of leads into, you know, one, one of the things that I, I thought about, too, was, you know, you, you touched on some of the things that, that I had on my, on my little checklist here without having me prompted was, um, you know, when you found out Coastal was getting a football team and what you do for the preseason. But, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but if you can, when you walked into that stadium the first time, what was, what was, was, what was one of the first reflectionary experiences that you have, you know, because um, I remember mine as a player, but I'm interested to see what yours was as a, as a fan. So you, you growing up around sports, you, you go to games and there's always a first impression on that night. It's kind of funny because I'm glad you asked that question because it was drums. <laughs> I remember hearing, we've got a marching band too. You know, it, we got the full experience. I know our stadium is small and we're playing, you know, smaller level football by comparison to, you know, South Carolina and Clemson. We've got a marching band, guys up here playing drums. So I hear that I walk in, and I'm hearing the, the drum line playing. So you can kind of feel that atmosphere. You can smell the concessions. You even smell the wet grass when you walk in. So there's there's that it, it sensory stuff that you get when you walk in. But you really could feel it as a fan sitting down for the first time, no matter where you sat in that stadium. And the stadium was the size enough where there wasn't a bad seat, let's be honest. But, I mean, you, you sit down in that stadium for the first time and you're like, man, it's, it, it, we're here. And it's not like it's a um, – it's not some one-off exhibition that – You play close by. And like one of your college stadiums, 
this is our team, you know, and this is, this is, uh, these are our guys. And I didn't see warm ups. I got in, I got in the stadium in time for the anthem and then for you guys to come out. And I got really mad at Newberry when it. But number two, there was a guy, number 36. He was not a tall player for Newberry. And he ran out and he disrespected us by looking up at our stand and flexing both his arms at us. You guys might not have seen it. No, but I remember that. I remember also a player coming out there. And, um, I don't know how PG or what level we're going to take this podcast in the future, but I remember one of them came out there and and flipped the bird at people in the stands. And it was uh, it was moments like that. We were like, okay, we can we – can, hey, put the women and children to bed. It's time. It's time to tear some ass up. I remember getting so mad at that one guy because yeah, you know, I'm a former coach, and you don't disrespect people. You, you compete, but you don't disrespect. And I remember when he ran out, he looked up in the stands. I know, I felt like he was looking at me, but I know he wasn't. But he looked up in the stands and he flexed his, his arms. And I'm, I'm like, I, I'm bigger than this guy myself. I didn't even play any college sports whatsoever. I can take him. He's just a guy from Newberry. <laughs> you know, I can take him. I'm going to have to go because I, you know, oh my God, I think about him. I can still see him running out of their end, looking up at us, flexing his muscles, and running to Newberry's sideline. And I'm thinking, I wish Coach Bennett, or I hope Coach Bennett saw that because every one of us that tailgate together in the hit in Coach Bennett's period did a Coach Bennett impression. And I can just think about, like, you know, boys, we got to go get number 36. <laughs> and, um, I, that that was that was some impressions I had. Just I never hated another team like I did before because they were playing my team now. I mean, Coastal is my team. You know, Coastal, you know, football, basketball, baseball, men's sports, women's sports. Coastal is my team. So if you're going to step out on my field and and do this at us, I agree with you on that one. I just that went all over me. So reflect drum concessions, wet grass, and number thirty six are my first impressions. <laughs> yeah it's um it's interesting what you remember in the fleeting moments of of certain experiences whether you're a fan or uh a player or coach or you know supporter cheerleader uh whomever and uh you know it's um my my first memory walking into the stadium we got off the uh the little trolley bus and we were walking and um i remember setting my stuff down in my locker putting it in my locker and i remember i couldn't get my pads and pants on fast enough i couldn't get my cleats on fast enough i couldn't get in that uniform fast enough I wanted – I was so ready. The logos were on the helmets. The, the, the game unis were, were hung. The, uh, the new cleats uh, were, were in the locker room. And there was, a, there was a newness, a freshness, and a familiarity all at the same time. Because for those that are fortunate enough to play high school football, especially high school football in the South, um, 
you know, Friday nights just turn into Saturdays if you're lucky. And but there was there was a newness and a familiarity. Something that Tyler and I did, it just kind of came out of nowhere. We you know, we'd get out there before before games, and he he was like me, man. I wanted to get out on the field with no pads, shirt, cleats, lowers on, and just smell the grass, smell the new leather of the footballs that they put out, smell the fresh paint in the end zone, and then you get out there and it begins to melt away that, okay, they're sitting in high school anymore, but I'm still familiar with this. This is still college football. This is still football in general. And the the silence of the pregame was deafening. And what I mean by that is it's like there were no fans there yet when we got out there. We're out there for three, four hours ahead of time. But like you said, there was a silent energy. And there was a craving and a thirsting for football in Conway along the Grand Strand. And from where we've come in that early September game in 2003 to where we are now, it is a pretty damn neat story. players in terms of like um... – Maybe their leadership or their performance as a leader, you know, in the game itself. That's kind of my, and for me, I got lost in that moment when the team hit the field, kick off the first touchdown, the first drive. I don't know how you guys kept it together because I'm going nuts. And I guess it's because I'm standing, and that's why you're in the field. That's why I'm sitting down in the stands because I didn't realize I never did anything. I know you know the game. I know that. What I'm saying is, like, I don't know how I would be able to hold it together and perform. So, I guess my question is, can you think about a couple of guys? Obviously, one of them. But can you think about a couple of guys on your team, as your teammates, who were really the guys who kind of led the charge in terms of, let's keep it together. we got a job to do. Let's stay focused. And kind of got you from B to the first game. Yeah, you know, it's – I can. I can think of – I think of Brad Poston and Andres Perkins. I, I mentioned them earlier. I think of two guys who had not won a – had not won a football game in two years. Technically three years. Not a calendar, but two full football seasons ahead of their first college football game. They not won. The intensity and, and, and just pure hunger in their eyes to – to just get a W. Um, I think about Maurice Simpkins and the leadership that he brought from his time at Catawba. I think of Big Daddy Trice and his leadership. And we leaned on guys that had played before, right? Mm-hmm. We had leaned on guys who had been in the fire already as college athletes because even though they were at Division II, I don't say that in any disrespect, they had played at a high level division two. Look, there's a lot of good ball players at, at the division two level that that fall through the cracks for one reason or another. But you know, to me, I think of Quentin Teal. 
his success at Marlboro County and how it how it flowed through that game. You know, I think of Perry Parks, his leadership. Mm-hmm. A lot of names, a lot of people recognize. Also, I th- you know, also it's interesting. I also remember the guys who were on the scout team who knew there was not a likelihood that they were going to get in the game, but practiced their ass off, man. Mm-hmm. Poured their heart into being the best version of Newberry they could be for Coastal. And I think that's that's where we as a program have gotten it right, in my assessment, more often than not. We've had a few years that we didn't, but more often than not, um, and to give a nod to folks like App State and Notre Dame and a few others, for those that don't like Notre Dame, that's fine. But for a long time, Notre Dame and really App State cornered the market in one double A of the preferred walk-on. They got it right. When you get a kid who wants to come to your program, knowing he's going to be a preferred walk-on, knowing he's going to be a scout team guy for a year or two, plays his ass off, man, that, that breeds competition. That breeds that breeds character. Um, I think back about Rashad Cunningham, who a lot of folks don't know that name. He led a charge with uh, a number of guys to to lead up uh, gospel singing the night before the games and even the mornings of that were inspirational. I think of, you know, I think of so many guys like that now Rashad came later, but I think of guys like that on these on this first game that if it were not for the entirety of the program, we don't win that game. You know, there could have been a lot of guys who hung their head because they were on the scout team that week. First week, big game. They might you know, they're not gonna be in the paper or anything like that. But um that's that's the guys I think of. But you know, I remember Tyler. Tyler, you know, Tyler. Tyler didn't throw that much that game. If people remember, we ran the hell out of the ball that game because we had to we had to shorten we had to shorten the field. We had to shorten the game, and you know, it was. If I remember correctly, we were up fourteen seven at half, and then Newberry tied it, and then the epic, the epic drive that in my opinion, set what we now know as coastal football. The 97-yard drive to score seven points when uh, Eshawn Talley, or T-Talley as we knew him, scored that winning touchdown. And you had a lot of kids, Steve, that came from really really good backgrounds. We had a lot of kids on that team that came from a lot of tough backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And Man, we were gritty. You had to be gritty, man. You had to be savvy. You had to be salty. You had to come with a chip on your shoulder. I mean, we probably shouldn't talk about it now, but I mean, it didn't. There wasn't a day or we didn't go by that there was an absolute fight at practice every day. That's how competitive it was. And for those folks listening, you know, on these podcasts or will be listening, when I say fight, I don't mean like just a little pushing and shoving. I mean all out brawls. Fist to cuffs, 
But that was the competition and the fierceness of it that got us, that forged that team to be six and five that year. You know, and, I don't I don't know that side of it, but I can tell you I can see it when you say that because I can see like um there was a few moments in that Newberry game where you could tell that whoever was gonna win the fight. Yeah, you learn up you know, you gotta beat the guy in front of you. And if you didn't have that grittiness that you were referring to, that you didn't want to win, that you did want to win the fight, then you weren't going to win this ball game. And that's just it. That's something that Coach Bennett talked about is, you know, he later got picked on about the dog in the fight and the, and the whole, you know, the whole shenanigans and story and all. But, you know, that first year, I mean, think about it. We had kids that were forged through really a year and a half of not playing anybody other than themselves. I'll be honest with you. We got damn tired of hitting each other. Let me tell you something. I remember. That, I also remember that first game where there were some boys popping some people in that game, and um, you know, it, it it's interesting looking back at the game notes before this, before this, uh, before this podcast. You know, um, we dominated on offense. The numbers don't show it. We dominate on offense. We had 21 first downs. We were one for two on fourth down. Third downs were terrible. But we dominated so much on on first down. That just showed young leadership. We just couldn't finish it out. That's something that we learned on that last drive. We went 97 yards in 11 plays. Mm-hmm. That's, um, I remember I had a friend that played um, against Newberry years before Coastal had a football team, and he would talk about Newberry and, and, and uh, just the program itself, how it was always a really good program on that level. And there was a lot of doubters that didn't know anything about our program, but they were basing what they all knew about Newberry. Plus, you know, what me and you talked about a while ago about those guys who had transferred in. And um, I'm thinking when that last drive is going, I'm like, everybody that was talking crap about Coastal this week, leading up to this game, like, hey, well, Newberry's been around. They're a little bit more of a proven commodity, obviously, than Coastal. Just for, I mean, it's going to be nice to have a first game. But when we started driving that ball, and you alluded to how many first downs, how many yards it was, I'm like, mm, we're, we're about to win this ball game. And <laughs> I knew it. You know, we got past the 50. I'm like, we're going to drive this thing on in and win. I don't know how we're going to score it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not calling the play. But I could feel that on that last drive. When we got past the 50 yard line, I don't recall the play. Um, I just know when we got past the 50, that ball was going in the end zone. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that uh, in looking back at the game notes, all three touchdowns score were on the ground. And two of the drives were 97 and 80 yards, 14 plays and 11 plays, respectfully. There's you, you want to know the character of a team, man. Run a play when the other team's knowing that you're going to run the ball. And run the ball, we did 10, 12, you know, 14 plays. And when we punched it in, I knew then, like you, we were not going to relinquish the lead whatsoever. We were not going to relinquish that lead. And, uh, that was pretty special. I remember uh, we stormed the field. The, the, the students stormed the goalpost. That thing popped. 
I remember Coach Bennett making some comment about, I hope we can afford to put a new one up. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, are they really going to try? Because there's so many, there's so few people down there. I mean, you see, you see the big stadiums and the big games, you got strength in numbers when you go back to the goalpost. We have like a few guys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, the rest is history. I remember the goalpost ended up in uh, College Park, which is for those that uh, that know that was the large. Uh, that was an area where a lot of students congregated. I remember the uh, <clears throat> the after game festivities um, were pretty uh, were pretty robust and um, pretty uh, pretty exciting. I, I remember walking into College Park and. Um, it was shoulder to shoulder. It was hip to hip. Uh, if there was one person there, there must have been two thousand. I mean, I felt like uh, I felt like the majority of the entire stadium had shown up there to uh, celebrate, uh, young and old. And uh, I because it, <laughs> I think maybe uh, I don't want you to, to tell too much. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I got to tell what we did because I was thinking about. Well, I'm already out. I'm, I'm teaching full-time in Georgetown County at Andrews High School at this point, teaching – I'm coaching three sports, um, teaching U.S. history. So, you know, I'm like, I got to get back to work on Monday. I can't get too crazy. Ours was vastly different in the parking lot. Yeah, together. All we had was, like, you know, cold cuts in a cooler. We go back out to my friend's car. I think we all lit up a cigar, and I think we all kind of sat out there and and finished the cooler, sitting in the parking lot, as if, like, what did I just see? <laughs> did I just see my school play and win its first ever game in history? And don't, I think I remember the three of us sitting around just kind of going like, well, you know, we do have this guy. We didn't have the household names at that point. We just had a team. You know what I'm saying? We didn't have, like, this guy is this, so we know this this running back is going to get this for us. We just know we have a team right now. We don't know, like, getting a new car. You don't know if it's going to go fast or slow on the interstate. It's joyful, don't get me wrong, but stunned silence in the parking lot just kind of going, whoa. (laughs) That was pretty cool. Your experience, by by the way, was way better than mine. I just want to go on record and say that. No, I tell you what, I think the I think the experiences that everybody had are, are what made, um, what made that first night so special for for everybody. I think that's the it's the thing that uh, that consumes you to go back is that experience and. Um, it's the thing that uh, it's enchanting, if you will, that you go back every time you walk in that stadium, you know, the, the memories of the first game, the beating Furman and JMU just two years later when they were number four and number one respectfully in the country mm-hmm. to Jerome Simpson's catch, to Perry Park's catch, to, um, <laughs> you know, I just thinking about when we made the run the sophomore through senior year, we won three titles in a row. 
finally getting to the playoffs as an at-large bid for the first time in the Big South history. They'd had a team make the playoffs. And that was also when the rivalry of Liberty really took off those four years. I'm already thinking, if I can just throw this out here, um, that for our second test show, I think we should do the App State discussion. The, the playoffs are going to now. What do you think? Yeah, we can do that. You know, I, you know, I, I think too. I think too for our second podcast. I think too as we get closer to the season, we'll have other content that um, it'll be. You know, I don't say less memory lane, but more content where we blend past, present, and then the future of what the outcome will be in a game. And then once we get rolling week to week, we'll we'll be able to to blend the current season with past seasons, and then history of the competition and you know, certain experiences, because, again, you know, my experience versus App State, damn it, we had never beat them. So when we finally beat App State at home, uh, I'm not ashamed to admit, my kids saw me cry for the first time in a Coastal game. Oh, it, wow. was, it was an emotional game for – my wife even knew that. My, I mean, my son looks over at me, Steve, and goes, Daddy, you're okay. And I'm, I'm just – I'm not sobbing uncontrollably, but there are tears of, like, joy. And if an App State yeah. fan heard this – I'm okay with that because, you know, um, this program's only been around, what, 18 years? Yeah. It can't even be You know, it's – the program's been around 18 years, and we've had more good to great years than we've had good to bad years. And like you said, man, we could do an old, another session or episode on that. But I, I think, too, once we get to the – the preseason piece of this, we'll be able to talk about the upcoming season, the conference as a whole, mm-hmm. and then week to week competition. The the great, you know. Um, but oh, by the way, we, we, for the podcast sake, I, I, I take it we're kind of done now, but we can keep this. Yeah, yeah. Later. I, was, I was about to say I, the uh, the software that I have. I, I was looking at the uh, timer just as we're going on periodically. And we are at 50 minutes right now. This has been an easy 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, man. Imagine if we get a structure. I think doing one hour is going to be easy. I actually downloaded the app myself. So, um, I, and I, think help too, it, but. I think one thing that will help us, too, is I think I may have an issue with the cord that plugs into my phone that I'm recording on. That's great. For your, um, for your audio that I'm getting. You were coming out of my phone speaker, so I'm putting my phone um, speaker up next to my microphone. So you sound a little bit better, but for the first two and a half minutes, you're it's like you're on speakerphone in an office somewhere. So when you get back into it, I saw your text. It was coming in kind of rough. So when I put you up close to the mic, like right now, I can hear your crickets in the in the background. So it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, well, that's what what we do is. Uh, me, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm saying, like, overall, I mean, it, it took one little topic and took it, you know, for an easy 50 minutes just talking about just that first game. And, you know, we had a lot to talk about. So I think once we get that structure, like you were saying, down in Pat and kind of just um, just kind of hammering it down, I think this would be an easy one to do because now that you have the software, we can kind of just share stuff back. Now you can do your own segment if you wanted to without me and vice versa. Yeah, I'll have to tinker with the app a little bit, but it's um, I just thought about it, like after you know, 
we're sitting there talking with all the ideas we have. Like when we come in, like we get a little bit of an intro. Another thing I'm gonna do is my wife's on Amazon that there is a, uh, you know, we'll take we're gonna try to do right out an hour. That way we'll have an hour, but we have this stuff on 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 the recording, so we got a few minutes here. But I'm gonna get one of those uh, mics where it's like a little, it's like a little thin mic, and it's got the little um, filament piece in front of it, the buffer, so it doesn't hopefully it doesn't buffer too bad. And I'm probably gonna get some headphones because ultimately what I'd like to do is. You know, again, we get we get more comfortable with this, and I think leading up to that seat, you know, that season opener, I think not season opener, but you know, I thought about it too after we got off the phone the other day or via text. You know, what would be a great show for us to do, like to test that whole structure, would be right after the media day, which is like the end of July, right, first of August or something. I think. I mean, I know Joe Cashin or will probably go to. I mean, and he's already said. I think I told you on text that he's he's all about being a part of this. Yeah, yeah, he did. He said the same thing to me, man. He's jacked up to be a part of it. What was funny was, and I told him I'll send him a copy of this. And I know what he's going to say that we we have uh we have a ways to go, but we know that. But um, I, I think he's excited because the, the shot pod. Did you ever hear that one? The podcast that we had before. I, I heard uh, I listened to it once or twice. It was uh, it was it was solid. It wasn't you know I I think unfortunately because it was done through university. Yeah, I said unfortunately. I think because it was done through university, they were limited on kind of the risks they could take in a show. Like you mm-hmm. and I will be able to to take right if we wanted to create the look here, Bubba, dumb fan of the week to you know the you know whatever you know whatever contests or whatever kind of risky thing we want to do we, we can do risky when i say risky i mean just kind of on the fringe of what they're just not permissible to do it's one thing you don't have to go through the school to get a clearance on something because you and i will have the creative freedom to kind of do what we want to do for this right you know I, by the way i thought about what i was going to add was after we got off the other day you know i ran by my wife and she was like, I think that's a really cool little idea. You know how, like, um, we were kind of tossing back and forth, like the Crafty Rooster, you know, Tailgate of the Week, or, you know, crap, the, the, you know, the, the Shant Strut or the Strut, mm-hmm. um, whatever we want, I think whatever we're going to call a show, you know, the fill in the blank podcast show, the Crafty Rooster, you know, the Strut Tailgate of the Week and have like a yard sign. Yeah, that we could get crafty. Like I can, I can go to Sean and say, "Hey, man, we don't need. We're not looking for. We're not looking to make money. The yard signs are like a nice yard sign, not like a shitty yard sign, but an actual yard sign that's nice. Where you could have it logoed, where it has his logo on it. It has the the name of the show, the tailgate of the week, and underneath it, it's got all our info where people can can follow us. But we give right. that to whoever that tailgate person is, whoever posts to all our social media that they get to have that yard sign for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And like, we can even put the logo of the team that we played that week, something like that, where you get six or seven of those out there. People pass by. That's one way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of ways where not necessarily to make money, but just to cover the cost, but it's beneficial to cover the cost. Like if it's crafty or if it's um, Hanley's or fill in the blank, you know, whomever, um, ways that we can do that, that, that get us out there that are kind of interactive and, 
unique. And I said, Kim, what do you, do you think you, somebody will put a yard sign out? Like if it was logoed well on all our social media and, you know, we'll, they get to post our social media for the week. She goes, I would. She goes, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think too, because like if you have a tailgate and you're having and you feel like you're a good tailgating crew and the person next to you has a yard sign, like what do they do that's something special? I gotta set my game up. Right. And that's so you that, that's where I was going with it too was somebody sees that man, they're like, Hey man, what's what's the big strut podcast? Tailgate of the what what is this? And they go, Oh man, that's that's Travis and Steve, man. They got a podcast now called, you know, the big strut or the teal strut, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. The strut and um. Yeah, man. Look, like, man, man, you got to follow them. You don't listen to them. Like, that's my, you know. And then, like, they can show, like, man, we were on their Facebook, uh, Instagram, yeah. you know, page last week for we were the tailgate of the week. And man, they have the look here, Bubba Dumb moment. They have the the tailgate of the week. Then, you know, just finding out ways to like that are organically done where people get very interested in what we're doing. And then, like, hell, you never know. We might be able to like. Not I want to say break a story, but you know, hey, uh, you heard it here on the big strut. Coastal was going in their icy whites versus fill in the blank on Saturday. You know, we're breaking the news on that. My stepson is a massive fan of CJ Shrimp, and I was telling him about what you were going. I think I take him to boxing lesson this week, and I was telling him about it. And he goes, You should have shrimp on there. I was like, I think it'd be kind of cool. And I started jotting some ideas on my – I keep a little notebook of ideas for my history podcast. So I started putting some ideas down, and I'm like, you know what? I'm getting characters on this team. Oh, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to give somebody like Shrimp or Gallagher or Stylus Kelly or, you know, even McCall, if he wants to do it one minute straight. You can do anything you want to for one minute. We'll call it the mullet minute. Yeah, exactly. You, you can recite poetry. You can talk trash to your opponent coming up. You can critique a, a TV show you've been watching. You have one minute to go. Recites only. I don't care. <laughs> and, then, dude, you could do one for, like, most of the people that, well, I'll say the mullets because that's offense and defense. But, like, you could do, like, a mullet minute because I was thinking about it. I don't want to alienate somebody who doesn't have a mullet. But yeah. they could call it the mullet minute. And have whoever on the on the show, like you said, offense, defense, people who don't even have mullets, and you could do it that way. I thought about that, and then uh, this, you know, you could almost do like this week in Shauna Clear history. You know, mm-hmm. five years ago this week is when Coastal beat Liberty in the quadruple overtime in Lynchburg. Like yep. you could have like that shunt moment of the week. Um, you could have the call of the week. You know. I don't want to do too much that may take away from Joe's call-in show, but it's something that can, you know, that could complement it, right? Uh-huh. But in our own way. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to be a little more on the, like you said, on that term on the fringe because even though you and I both have been around Coastal probably our whole lives at this point, we still have that freedom to kind of do what we want to because, you know, the university-based people or the Joe who answers to, like, um, advertisers and that kind of even the school at some level they kind of kind of watch what they're doing what they're saying you and i even though we're not going to be rated r we still have the correct kind of to say what we're thinking if we if we wanted to be critical we could that's right we could be critical we could be over the top excited um again i think the autonomy is is good content 
coupled with intriguing, you know, kind of hooks to get people in. And I think that's where, like, the mullet minute, the blank tailgate of the week, whatever the show's going to be called, the tailgate of the week. Mm-hmm. And then – hold on a second. My neighbor's dogs just got out, and that's on the recording, too. Yeah, it's on um, the recording, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, I think, too, like, those little mullet minutes, I think um, – the tailgate piece, the look here, Bubba moment, the the look back in history to you never. Know, I think something things will come up to like through the course of the year that it'll dawn on us like, hey man, we're gonna start doing the blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, again, just imagine we're you know really we had fifty one minutes of content just on our experiences, unstructured and or non structured, just kind of I hate to say it this way, but kind of rambling through time to get to that point. And I, again, that's a good start because two people who can't conversate, that's going to be a challenge to have a podcast. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I'm, as a history student, I was a copious note taker. So I like, that's how I remember. I, I just commit such a memory by just jotting it down. And I remember um, my first show, I did a, a tournament on my history podcast where I took all the U.S. presidents in history and I would make the case for both presidents, good and bad. And I wanted people who would listen to vote and we had like a March Madness type tournament. I found myself filling notebooks up of like good stuff and bad stuff, even about like guys who are heavy hitters like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. And I'm making these notes up and I'm like, good Lord, I, I used to teach this crap too. And so I'm sitting there writing it down and like, I'm just like back in school, but I noticed like it would like lead to other stuff. So I know a lot of fun facts about these presidents too. I mean, this is just an example. So I would like start writing down about like Jefferson, Jefferson of Independence. Did y'all also know he invented macaroni and cheese? And I would start talking about that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, you know, like you and I just did. We had our structure and we had some notes and some you know, tidbits we wanted to bring up. But it also led itself to a good little give and take that we just had. That's correct, and that's that's the thing. There is, um, I think that'll come right. I mean, for our first doing this, fifty-one minutes on a Friday night in the middle of June, with no structure in place, just kind of going at it. I think again, I think we did pretty well to put content on paper, or mm-hmm. you know, put put it to podcast, if you will. Um, and I think too, if there may be a time where, you know, if if, if you and Joe are coming towards the beach, heck, man, like we could have dinner at the house one night and kind of kind of work through it. We could go get lunch one day or something like that on Saturday and, and kind of talk through it as well. That way we can we can be in person because again, I think media days are in the first of August, if I remember correctly. And I, I don't know about you. I'd like to. I'd like to almost have like our first true trial run. Almost, I don't know. Maybe it's a little ambitious, ambitious, Steve. But almost have like our first podcast coming off of between media day and the first game week, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Like you'd have media day, and then you'd have our podcast like the week. I think media days are like. Oh, I'll tell you real quick. I know we're burning up some time here, but um, let's see here. You know, I had a thought while you were looking, if I can just say this too, that um, if you want to do like 
maybe like a recap of media day or talk about what we do at media day, that kind of stuff, and make it like a kickoff show. We still have some time to prep for like the actual series of shows because one thing about the anchor podcasting it lets you do is you can record um, like a trailer for your show. So you can say like, hey, coming up, whatever, our recap of media days, and a couple other things we can put together because the first show does not have to have a lot of segments. You can just record a few things here and there, even introduce the show by using media day as like the, um, the catalyst to kind of put things off if you will. And see, that's the thing too is I, that's something on our calendar that we can set where we can say, all right, we need to do X and Y. Like we need to have our trailer in. But well, I think too, once I'm kind of hoping we can we can figure out what our trailer is going to be or our opening. I don't know if that's a trailer, but educate me on that, but kind of the opening. You have a minute on the podcast software where you can say like, like my history one, I just, I just cut one for my season two that's coming up in July. And what I did was I just said, Hey, coming up in season two, to give you an example, I'm breaking down like 20 great U.S. history-based movies of all time. Not the top 20, but just my favorite 20. So I'm doing that. Um, I know, like, I'm talking about, so it'd be like July through September, roughly. Um, and that period. Um, just other topics that just come up. I've got hundreds of history books. I, I'll look through something and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'll talk about that. And kind of throw that kind of stuff in. So I'm kind of doing like a entertainment history with, like, movies. Oh, American Foods and Drinks or stuff I'm talking about this coming year, so I put all that into the one-minute trailer. And season two. And see, that's that's what, you know, that's the kind of stuff we need is to be able to put trailers in for, for because that'll help set the stage. I'm trying to look right now, at, literally as we speak about um, the schedule. I'm trying to see when the media day is. So I don't, know if, I don't, know, I don't even know if they're going to have a media day this year. They may not even have a media day this year because of because they may be still working off of the whole no need to get up because of COVID. I, I don't know. Um, maybe we make up our own media day where we talk to Chadwell, talk to Joe, Matt Hogue get a couple of fans and just maybe me, you and I take turns interviewing people and call that name and certain name of the podcast, Coastal Carolina Football Media Day. Yeah. I mean, that's something, I mean, we can definitely, I think, I think the neat thing is we've got, we got some time to figure out. The only reason I guess I was using media days is that way in our minds, that would give us some type of structure Yeah, a little early on. Um, like it would give us something, some structure to talk about, not only coastal, but the upcoming season. And then we can kind of build in like expectations on the, on the podcast of what we're looking to accomplish going forward uh, organically. And obviously, you know, things structurally. And I think that will kind of, then we can almost take that podcast and go, okay, here's how we can critique going into, because ultimately going into that first week, we'd have a better feel because, we could sit here. I, I mean, I know you and I can can do a great job of talking about our experiences and the upcoming things. I think, but having some, at least the podcast, like like you said, that you've done, having that content, man, is it's going to create structure, right? Like the upcoming mm-hmm. game and sure. you know tailgating and 
food and blah 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 blah, blah fill in the blank. I Absolutely. think that's going to help. That's going to help. We're going to look up and go, damn, that was an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I look down my 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 phone right now. I'm like we're already you know fifty minutes easy on one little topic in a big not not little topic but one topic in a eighteen year history of something that's that's pretty good for for one time really honestly having a chance to talk on a podcast. I say that in quotes because it's kind of like a test run, but you get the idea. Yeah. And I think too once and I think too I gotta make sure I keep in my mind that it's a podcast, not a radio station. I mean radio, like a live mm-hmm. you know, that's the main thing I'm gonna have to keep because ultimately in my mind that's kinda I'll be fair to you. That's what I'm going to have to either morph or break or realize because those times when I was on radio at WRNN and things like that, like, I, you know, once you're live, you're live. And, oh, I, know. I was at Wave 104 and I remember, like, I started uh, this podcast. I'm like, I got to remember it's just me. <laughs> that's not, not, I don't have, like, you know, you read a commercial live or you talk about, you know, you know 25-cent beer night as Anna do. But you didn't know anything about because I'm not older than you. But no, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We, my wife and I remember Xanadu. Okay, Kim, you remember Xanadu? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that's, having so to do. I did remote there with my 1995 Camaro Z28, and I would take the Wave 104 stickers, the magnet stickers, put them on the side of my car, and hit the uh, hazard light and. As a 23-year-old 20, senior at Coast, I'm like, you can't tell me nothing, man. Yeah. I got it made right now. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff, too, I think, too, as we as we talk through, I think memories like that as a Coastal student, coupled with, you know, I think that's the part where if we were doing this for university, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't talk about. But, like, talking about when I was a student there, you know, like, you can, we can, that's the, the back and forth, I think, that we can, that yeah. we can go on. And then two, um, again, I can't overstate. I think the structure of knowing who we're playing or media day, the tailgate of the week, you know, because like we could prompt that stuff with media day, and then the week going into the first game, it's like, you know, hey y'all, I almost wonder like, is it? I don't want to get too grandeur with this thing, but I almost wonder if trying to do something where we're we're actually videoing ourselves, even though it's a podcast, but like record it where you can watch us like I'm broadcasting from the, from the coastal room in my house mm-hmm. or you're, you know, I, it, I don't know if that's too much too fast, but I don't know. I just, I don't want to, I mean, that's a, that's a, I'd make it a long-term goal, but I mean, I think that's something doable. Because that's something I was thinking about is, is like, I even thought about my friends. Um, he's got a, he's got like a sports shed at his house and, you know, I can do something where it's like, Hey, we're coming to you from this podcast from the Conway Sports Banquet Hall here in Conway, South Carolina. You know, it's uh, my good friend Taylor James. You know, he, uh, you know, Afghan. You know, Iraq War veteran. You know, allowing us to uh, do do the podcast from his from his uh, from his sports bar at his house. You know, sports, something. I just thought about things like that to like as we get further down the road to. I don't know if that's even applicable to podcasts. Again, I, you, you, you feel free to like, that's what I was telling you, feel free to go, Trav, I don't know if that's something that's well, podcast-ish can, or not. Well, one thing that can make that happen is that you have the software, and I'm going to share with you after we hang up here in a second, I'm going to share with you the username and password that I'm going to use for what we do, is if you wanted to go do that and record like a 15-minute segment, like, hey, listen, I want to go talk to this guy because he's a, he's a good story related to Coastal. 
to fit them in what's happening lately or whatever. If you want to go do that, that 15 minutes of content, you can go and include someone at the same time. You can record it, and then you and I can kind of you know, collaborate on the on the platform of the, the show that week. So, I mean, that's, you having the, the, the software and me having the software with the same um, show ID and stuff on it, that would make it you know actually more flexible if you felt like going to do that. I think it'd be kind of cool one. Because well, that's the kind of stuff that, again, I'll, I'll have to know that there's there's nimbleness and flexibility within this podcast. Like it doesn't have to be me and you the entire 52 minutes or hour and 17 every Tuesday, whatever, fill in the blank. I think that's something I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to coach myself up on is, mm-hmm. is reminding that if I want to go do a seven minute interview with somebody, we can do that. Um, yeah, if we yeah. want to you know, and that's something that I'm going to have to, I got a hunch what's going to happen is I could be way wrong, but it, I think early on, if we keep it to an hour, that'd be great. But I think it's going to turn into like about a hour to an hour and a half podcast. Where well, you know, I was thinking about something related to that too. Was um, me living down here, and I didn't have more ability as far as like um, getting to the to the school quicker, obviously, than me for events or talking to people who were in that situation in the moment or whatever we're trying to talk about. So. That, that builds in a flexibility also to piggyback on what you're saying. You can go in like about 15 minutes from um, Matt Hogue the other day talking about something that's coming up as far as a bowl game possibility. I think we need to include it. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, I, I can't go talk to Matt Hogue on the street. You know, you can. So I'm, I'm thinking like there's a, a chance or possibility you and I can both play in addition to us having the on time air when we're collaborating on the podcast itself, just you and I talk. Yeah, and that's that's something too. Again, that's I think for us it's gonna be one of those we need to um probably do this like one every two weeks to kind of get more and more and like try to I don't want to say fake a structure to it, but maybe me go and try a quick interview like with fill in the blank, mm-hmm. you know, around here. Say, hey man we're doing a podcast. I need to test this. We're going to talk about the upcoming football season or fill in yeah. the blank. And that's something, a topic that you and I can make sure that we stay on point with. But, sure. Well, hey, send it out. When you get done, send me the, send me the, the login info. And then what I do is I can look in there. And then I know Joe's going to listen to it and, and obviously have some feedback. But I'd really like to have a time with Joe to sit there and talk about our structure over a 60 to 90 minute show kind of what we're looking to accomplish from in show content or in podcast content to the little one-off things. Cause I mm-hmm. wouldn't be shocked. And, and I'm sure you wouldn't be either. I'm sure Joe and him have one-off things they've come up with that they can't do. He and Lane can't do because it's a university sanctioned show. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I keep harping on the whole weekly tailgate person or the look here, Bubba dumb fan of the week, you know, that dumb fan of the week, but I mean that dumb fan. I don't necessarily mean a coach fan. It could just be like some dumb fan across college football that did something stupid, and you're like, dude, <laughs> look at this guy. I'm going you know, to – yeah, and you made me think of something. I just I wrote this down earlier about that guy from Newberry, number 36. I'm going to go back and look up who that was, and I'm going to name some kind of an award after him for every <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I think of the Georgia Southern kid this past year who – and that's my wife 
putting up balloons. I might want to go help her because our son's birthday party is tomorrow. Oh, you might want to so, check in on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to do this without popping this balloon. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let your mom, big guy. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed hey, this. man, let's try to do this either not next week or the week after. That way we could try to get some continued practice with it. Again, send it to Joe, and we'll keep uh-huh. working on it. Sounds good. Steve, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.